Hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United Podcast. My name is PJ. I'm here with Colin, and we have our special guest, Andrew John Andrew John Messersmith Esquire, old friend of ours from the from back in the day. Andy's been on the podcast before too. I think the last time we played the Niners, I don't remember what year that was, but maybe year two of the podcast. This is year four. Yeah, you were definitely on the podcast before Andy, though, right? I'm not getting this up. Yeah. So uh, here's he's here to talk about Brock Purdy around the mouth. Uh, we're here to talk about um, just a bit of, of of the most odd football game that I may have ever watched in my lifetime. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's just such a bizarre turn of events between two halves. It's like two different teams. Colin, t- tell me your feelings just real quick. Well, I just, I don't know, a half hour before we jumped on, I, I watched the condensed, uh, not, it wasn't even condensed, it was a full replay, and I was able to skip through the commercials, so I was done with it for, you know, in about two hours. Um, and I think because I watched it like that, it I probably didn't have the right feelings like I normally would have if I watched it live, but I thought the first half wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, I thought there was a lot of fluky, uh, you know, unlucky things to happen. I mean, like the interception was stupid. Um, they were moving the ball here and there, but then they were failing. And, you know, the the biggest thing and the conclusion that everybody on Twitter is coming to is that it sure as hell seems like Dable took over the uh, play calling for the second half because he had a sheet in his hand and he didn't for the first half or all of the Cowboy game. So maybe there's a little trouble in paradise with Mike Kafka. I don't well, know. He admitted he he literally said he didn't do that. Do you like I trust know. that? Well, he can lie to the media. Who? Why not? Sure. Let him. He, I bet he would to to save his his buddy's ass. You know, maybe he's his play calling has just been crap so far this year. I mean, six quarters of no score, um, and historically bad. Letting uh, well, the, the defense was bad too, but that's besides the point. Anyway. Well, hang on. Well, you know, we'll, we'll uh, you know, guys, follow Big Blue United Facebook X and Instagram X. BB Positive Pod Boys with a Z on Twitter, Twex, whatever you want to call it. I, uh, I have a, it was raining today in New York. I have an umbrella I uh, got out of a zip car that I rented one time and has Nas's face on one side, DMX's face on the other side. It's white and it's big. And it's, you know, it's just the, the coolest thing I ever had in my life. Uh, great score out of that uh, zip car one time. I was walking around with that today. So, wow. you know, I feel you. DMX. I, I, really I would ask, I'd ask to see it, but I don't want you to get bad luck by opening it inside. Yeah, so. my daughter was opening uh, <laughs> her umbrella in the in the elevator up from the uh, school today, just knocking all the kids in the face. Nice. Which is, you know, it's fun, but yeah. it's maybe not, it's not a good look for you as a parent though, you know? Uh, yeah, well, I'm enjoying it because, you know, I want her to dominate. Um, the other parents don't really appreciate that. Yeah. But anyway, back to the, anyway, the, the, yeah. the task at hand. <laughs> um, you know, oh, come on. We like uh, to do a little, uh, little rip shit bullshit over here, you know? Of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, an incredible game overall. I mean, the, the fact that it ended the way it did uh, was amazing. Uh, the biggest stat that I enjoyed more than anything else, besides the fact that uh, nobody but Daniel Jones and Michael Vick have, has done what they did in one half ever in NFL history in terms of over 250 yards uh, passing, 50 yards rushing, and the, the amount of touchdowns that they had. Um, Three. Yes. 
So two I mean, passing, one rushing. Yeah. And I think the more interesting one was the the one that they showed on the screen right at the end of the game, where uh, the last time, well, the Giants tied their record for comeback in a game, and the last time they did it was in 1949 against the Chicago Cardinals. So, <laughs> Cardinals all around, same team, whatever. That pretty cool. 21 points down to come back and. I mean, there's an aspect of it, though, that, like, I don't know. It looked like Arizona really took a shit, too. Like, they just couldn't stop anything. I mean, I mean, the, that was the one thing I would just want to ask you, first of all, is, like, what happened? Like, what was this miraculous turnaround? Like, uh, I mean, you know, we, 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 we had not scored a point in six quarters. We were down 60 to nothing. And then all of a sudden, Daniel Jones comes out. The whole team comes out and just even the defense, you know, was fired up. Like what I wonder what was said at halftime. Uh, Did Lawrence Taylor come in there and sprinkle the cocaine around with everybody or what? What was going on? I don't know, but I the proverbial uh human form cocaine of Jalen Hyatt, I think, was what uh kind of jacked everybody up to the point of being like, All right, enough of the bullshit already. We gotta we gotta well, let's make it snappy here. And and all of a sudden everyone was open. <sighs> The line that was patchwork anyway after um, uh, uh, who was Bradison went out and then Glowins yeah. had to come back in after being benched to play left guard instead of right guard like he usually does. And he did okay. He did all right over there. They did just enough to, you know, make it work. And, I, you know, I, I love you bring up that Jalen Hyatt pass. Like, you know, you're watching this game. You're a Giants fan. The first half is just abysmal. And you're like, we're done. Like, this is it for this team. Like, we're not – we can't put up three points against the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you come out in the second half and just, like, do this. It, it's sort of amazing. You know, I, I, I'm just – I wish I could heard of, uh, you know, what was said in the locker room. And I think Jalen Hyatt getting open for, you know, that 56-yard pass, you know, first play of the second half, if I'm, if I'm correct about that, was just, you know, the fire starter of what would be, you know, such a prolific – you know, sort of offense that you've you've never seen the Giants play in the last couple of years. It's clear. I mean, Dan texted us too earlier about a point that we should talk about of uh, Hyatt already earning the right for more playing time and more snaps, mm -hmm. and I think that's true. Um, the problem with that is you got to take somebody off, and is it someone like a Paris Campbell that isn't playing? Who's a new signing? Probably not. Yeah, I think for a while it's going to be con continuing to be packages for him. I don't think he'll automatically be a starter. But he'll you'll see him more. Um, I just I mean, don't think he has that like uh, the skill set yet. Like no. he'll develop those routes, but like right now he's he's fast, and he's and then he showed that this game. You know yeah. he could run down the field and catch the ball, catch people off guard, stretch the defense. You know I'm sure I, I maybe wasn't noticing it so much, but I'm sure he was in stretching the field, which helped Waller get balls over the middle, which was a huge, you know thing that happened in the second half and you know Darren Waller ended up with what 76 yards six receptions and they were all over the middle they're missing all, all first, first downs, downs. all first downs, downs. Yeah. exactly um, you know so like I, I give credit to whatever it's Dable Kafka ever whatever coaching decisions they decided to make between you know the first and second halves it works Daniel Jones looked like a 40 Daniel Jones looked like a 40 million dollar man yes and for once in his I, career I, I wanted to uh, point out something I saw on, on Twitter today someone said it perfectly it was like why does he, as a quarterback, have to be such a polarizing conversation every single time that you bring him up? Why can't it be, all right, 
credit is due when he plays well and criticism criticism is due when he plays like shit and enjoy the games while you have them instead of being like he's terrible or he's him capital h you know like i because people wanted to make excuses for him for his entire career offensive line wide receivers it's not there it's not here it's not whatever all he did was show that that's all bs to me in this game because if he really wants to take it over and he really puts himself into it, whatever it is. I mean, I'm sure there's other, you know, things going on around this circumstance, right? But you don't just walk into the second half and then, you know, throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns, run for another one, you know, complete basically all your passes the whole second half. I mean, he accomplished something that, you know, like you said earlier, that has never been accomplished by anyone but Michael Vick, which is saying a lot, you know, maybe that vanilla Vick uh, yeah. moniker isn't, isn't as, as stupid as you think it is, right? Also, one more thing about him that I think was different, and I, I don't know. You try to read him as a, uh, you know, a body language and stuff like that, and I don't know if we have ever seen him more fired up. Like he's showing that he's just like, all right, enough of the bullshit. Sick of the losing. I'm going to prove everybody wrong, kind of stuff right now. Um, and you know, put the guy in the right situation to be able to capitalize on something like that, like this. And that's probably why Dable. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna straight up believe that he started calling plays or influencing the plays a little bit more in the second sure. half. He was just sure. sick of of what was going on. Probably a combination of the Cowboy game and the first half of this game. Well, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't working. That was obvious to anyone who's ever watched football before. So, yeah. yeah overall, uh, I mean, I, we're not gonna spend too much time on it. Obviously, we gotta we gotta look ahead and uh, have, a, have a good old conversation with our, our good pal here. Um, yeah, no, I, right. I, I just wanted, I want to touch on one more thing about the game before we move on to the Niners with you, Colin, is that um, Kayvon Thibodeau has been nowhere twice oh, in a row. He looks How like, do you feel? Uh, he's, he's a ghost. His, um, he dresses up like an, like an absolute dope going to the games, and then he doesn't do anything when he's out there. It's like, all right, you, you look like a, like a big, big infant baby, and you're, you're, he's, he's got like, this, <laughs> he was wearing this baby blue, um, like, Oshkosh, kabosh looking uh, uh, overalls with shorts and some like stupid bucket hat. It's like, do you are, are you spending more time on your fashion than you are on the the playbook, or yes. are you taking plays off? Like I, he looked lost sometimes, and then and I know some people would be like, oh well, he's he's asked to go into coverage more times than a regular pass rusher would, and I'm like, all right, that's cool, but he still has to sack people from time to time. He didn't even register a tackle. Uh, he had one QB hit the whole game. That was this whole thing. I'm just like, you know, I, I, the in the beginning of the game, the Giants' defense was absolutely abysmal. And then in the second half, they as well sort of stepped up. And I think Kayvon was just gone. He just wasn't there. Dexter Lawrence had a great game, I thought. Okara Kay had a couple of penalties, but he otherwise had a good game. And Justin Pinnock obviously had probably the best game of his career with that pick negated by Okara Kay's penalty, yeah. potentially caused by his penalty as well. But either way, you know, I, I did like how the defense came out in the second half. I'm just like... What happened in the locker room, man? <laughs> what happened? Uh, I would imagine, I mean, because you probably noticed that Dable generally looked pissed the entire game, even when things were going on that were good. He was just pissed. So I bet he just tore into them. Like, You think he just laid down, you know, I blasting? Think he- yeah, I think he he worked up quite a quite a bit of a sweat for a big man like that, just just yelling. You know, I mean, <laughs> they deserved it. I mean, 
room full of professional football players, and they how can you look this bad? How can you be this historically bad in the first two games of a season, or one and a half games anyway? I, just like it was a wake up call. It was like, all right, this is Arizona's arguably worse than us now. I mean, <laughs> we beat them, so they are worse than us. Um, but I think the talent is too. I don't know. It's it, it's not great but it's much better than what these first six quarters show. I'm, I'm not going to get get Josh Dobson truck sticking Xavier McKinney out of my head for a couple couple weeks, I don't think. Uh, Brutal. Yeah, well, you, actually, it's funny you should say that. I, I saw a lot of piss-poor tackling done by him in particular in this game, which was odd because he's usually a pretty sure tackle. Um I don't know. Maybe it's business decisions. Well, he plays safety, so it's not a sure tackle. All right. Um, we have Andy here. Let's get into next week. Obviously, you know, we we saw what was a miraculous experience with the Giants. We can only hope that what took place in the second half can carry over to next week with the 49ers on Thursday. Um, but AJ is going to tell us why it's not going to be like that, right? Well, it's going to be a tough contest for the Giants. The 49ers have a lot of weapons on offense and defense playing pretty well. Not as great as last year, but pretty good. I don't know if Steve Wilkes has really found his way as defensive coordinator for the 49ers at this point in the season. Seemed to kind of uh, play in a lot of kind of deeper uh in the secondary and allowing a lot of kind of underneath stuff to be available. So if you've got, you know, some good slot players or some good kind of slants or kind of mid range passing, I think that could be effective, especially, um, you know, with our pass rush, you kind of want to get rid of the ball quickly. If you can develop some type of quick three-step drop, you know, seven, eight yarder kind of passes, you might, might find that effective against the 49ers. Tell me who's on the, who's on the Niners line. Like uh, you have obviously Nick Bosa, Bosa, first or second best pass rusher in the league. Like uh, 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 The dude Har- Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. Sure. Remember him, yeah. playing quite well so far this year. A little bit of a project for our uh, defensive line coach, Kasirik, who's actually pretty good at turning around kind of guys who weren't so great on other teams. They come there. They play well for a year. They get a new contract. So we have uh, our project guy this year is Cleveland Farrell uh, from the Raiders. Oh, from the Raiders. Yeah. No, number, uh, he was the fourth overall pick, I think. Uh, what? Yeah, he kind of Let me say 2000. Like, I'm going to say 2020, 2021, but I'm not positive about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe three years ago. I think 2020. Yeah. And he, you know, didn't do much there. So He's coming over. He's going to try to see if he can't revamp his career a little bit. So he's kind of anchoring the other end. And then we have I love Jake. that pickup, though. I love that pickup. He was he he would. I feel like he would have been way better had he been picked later. I think the expectations put upon him were too high. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know Josh Josh Allen, not the quarterback, but the guy who was defensive end drafted by the Jaguars was a little bit after him, who I think most people were targeting in that situation. So I think Clean and Farrell, like you know, had a little bit too much put on him in the moment. Uh, so I, I love to hear that he's on the Niners and, like, trying to succeed. That's great. Fresh start. He's with a, a new position coach who's had a lot of success turning around young guys' careers who kind of were not doing, you know, living up to expectations on their team. So I, I think that there's a chance there that he develops into something. Also, we have Eric Armstead on our defensive line. Yeah. And this yeah. guy that we got a couple of years ago, Javon Kinlaw, who's 
he's not. He was a first. Was he a first round pick for you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't lived up to it, right? He was kind of hurt, and then he effort issues, perhaps, and he's not really living up to expectations. But this is kind of the year where it's like, okay, if he doesn't do something now to prove it, you know, done deal with him. So, you know, he's he's not our best. But I mean, you don't want to go to both society. You want to go kind of on the Cleveland, Cleveland and whatever. I mean, and presumably Saquon will be out this week because um, oh, yeah. of his injury. Yeah, it's three weeks. Matt three weeks. Okay, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read the newest, but yeah. Yeah, were you were you about to bring up uh, Matt, your your boy Matt Breida? Is that who you're going to say? Uh, no, I mean what, what I was going to bring up in general is just I think that it's a hard it's a hard game to to sort of judge for me right now because the Giants have been two different teams. They've been one team for six quarters. They've been another team for two quarters. So the 49ers have been the same team basically. I think Brock Purdy had a had a not a great game uh, this weekend compared to the weekend before. Uh, I don't feel like the Giants secondary might have an issue if Ayuk is Ayuk still going to be out or is he going to play? He'll play. Uh, he's a little banged up, but he came back into the game. He was still playing at the end. He just wasn't, you know, heavily targeted. Effective. You know, okay. He's, he's got soreness, kind of shoulder yeah. soreness or something like that. He didn't break anything or anything like that. So he's going to play. He just might be a little banged up. So. I mean, what? How do you feel, Colin? Like, like, what are they? What team comes out this week? Which one? Well, it, as uh, as Andy was was talking about what could work for the Giants' offense against this defense is more or less the exact offense what they played in the second half yesterday. Uh, a lot of getting the ball out. There was no seven-step drops at all. It was like one, two, gone. And that mid-range level, I mean, that's, that's Darren Waller land right there. So I think he could have... I mean, th- they did throw the ball deep, though. Yes, but it was like lots of dink and dunk deep, like lull you into sleep, and then all of a sudden Hyatt's streaking. I mean, down. like one of my favorite plays was uh, deep down to Slayton. He actually yeah. caught the ball. He wasn't in bounds, but he yeah. caught the ball. But that's what Give I mean. Me some, like, uh, it, it's kind of lulling uh, a defense into thinking that the deep ball isn't there. Then all of a sudden it is. So I, I'm sure that's going to continue. Uh, the running game is is. I mean, it was non-existent with Saquon in there, so. I think uh, Brita is he's a fine backup. He'll probably do a lot of pass blocking and, and you know catching a screen here and there. I feel like that'll be it'll be a lot of short passes to take over for the run kind of game. And you just have to figure out which defense shows up. I think that'll be a very uh, uh, indicative of I how mean, the game can go. I think it's funny how you know on this podcast we've been saying how Saquon can't play on third down. I think the last two weeks have really proved that for sure. Yeah, pivotal right. moments, turnovers where you know your hands aren't where they're supposed to be. Well, that's the strange thing. I mean, like he, he you know, in the off season, he's like, all right, well, I lost uh, like seven to seven eight pounds or whatever because you know it, it seems that uh, I'll be asked to run routes more, which is something I love to do, and I think that's a skill set that I bring to the table. Well, you've been stone handing it for the first two games. You can't. <laughs> And it's not like the ball's being thrown too hard. This is the NFL. You're, you catch the fucking ball, and if you don't, I mean, if you're if you're you're running a you're running a, a play to the outside to the flat, right? I mean, there's a there's a corner right there every yeah. time, but every single first. time, catch it first. Yeah, and then you turn can't around. let it. You can't let it bounce off your hands. Yeah, it's yeah, I know. Absolutely, that all the time. Now, if, if they're waiting for the next move, and they want that next move, but. 
whatever. He's not going to be playing this week, and we don't have to worry about him. Yeah, I mean, well, let's get back into the Niners thing. If we want to talk about running backs, you know, obviously Christian McCaffrey is, is a big deal on the Niners. Um, I feel like the Giants' run defense has been a little suspect thus far. Um, again, Colin, you're right. Two different teams. What are we going to do? Andy, what do you think uh, – Christian, I mean, we know what Christian McCaffrey brings to the table. What do you? How do you think the the Niners are? You certainly like. I'm sorry. How do you think the Niners are utilizing him now more to their benefit? Like, is it more of a pass and run combination, or is he more of a of a running back? I haven't seen too many of the games. You know, it's it's both. I mean, he has been getting the bulk of the carries the last couple of games, but they've been talking. Kyle's been talking about how he doesn't want to have that continue. He wants to get Elijah Mitchell more involved, especially you know kind of run in between the tackles and then have him kind of do some more specialized, you know, get out in space, you know, screens and things like that and other running routes and whatever. But yeah, he's been carrying the load, the bulk of the way, and he's had some nice long runs and he's looked, he's looked good. Um, the left side of our line is quite good. The right side suspect. So come, come at that right side. Colton McKivitz is not a great tackle. Spencer Burford, not a great guard. So if you guys can get some pressure on that right side, you know, they're probably going to try run the left. So keep an eye yeah. on that. It's, it's too bad that we can't generate a, uh, a pass rush unless uh, it's with a random blitz from a safety or cornerback, or maybe a mm -hmm. linebacker here and there. Yep. That doesn't bode well. Um, especially with the aforementioned um, ghost of number five. Uh <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think if the pressure is there, and you saw it briefly uh, against Arizona with uh, uh, Okereke getting in there, and then you had Dexter Lawrence getting in there a couple times. It was like this close to sacks, just not quite there. Yeah, pressures are just as good. They're not as glamorous as sacks, but if you're just there, then you force the issue. And I feel like, I don't know. Brock Purdy is a, a very good quarterback for someone who is Mr. Relevant, and I think it's a. You can't sleep on him either. Uh, I think he's smart as hell. Um, and, yeah, I think Wink has his hands full. I'm not as worried about, the the strangely enough, the San Francisco defense as I am uh, our defense and how the hell. You no, know, I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, if, if you just look at the last game, um, our offensive line compared to theirs, and the, on paper they're pretty similar, but. You know, there were three-man rushes where Daniel Jones is getting sacked. Yeah. Uh, I think that the, the 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 Giants' defensive pressure was just sort of abysmal. I mean, I, I'm so shocked when they went out and cleared all the cap space, you know, with restructuring the deals that we spoke about last week that they, you know, haven't brought in a pass rusher. I think maybe, you know, they're looking at uh, – oh, what's his name? Alil Collins, Jaleel Collins, uh, a former Bengal, former um, oh, yeah. Cowboy – Laleel Collins? I'm sorry, oh, yeah. either way. L-A-E-L. Yes. Yeah, okay. Either way, I'm sorry for mispronouncing his name. But, you know, if they're not going to cover that cap space, and I think they were originally going to go look for Russia before, you know, the first game of the season happened where the offensive line was so abysmal that everyone was like, you know, we'll go out and get somebody on the line. But really the pass rush is hurting. Aziz has is, Aziz is been out. He hasn't shown anything for being a second-round pick. Kayvon has shown anything being, uh, you know, your first-round pick five overall. I went through that draft today, honestly, and I was looking through the whole thing, and I don't think the Giants really could have made any better choices in that draft at the time. Um, it would, I mean, you know, Evan Neal was Alabama taking on every good rusher in the SEC his whole career and dominating. 
and you know he's come into the NFL and had uh, struggles. And Kayvon, in the same way, he's uh, you know, been in Oregon and did great, and just like has had struggles and some flashes. But what this team needs right now is like immediate good play from your guys number five and seven you drafted in the first round. You know, especially if you look around the league and the other guys. You know, Sauce Gardner or you know. Um, I forget who uh, was picked before that, but Sauce was like obviously immediate impact guy. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I I I don't want to go and say. I mean, you, you know, the prognosticators online are, are like, you know, they're both busts. These are horrible. Everyone thinks that. Oh yeah, great. We were so excited when they were drafted then, and they're terrible now. It's just I'm not ready to do that. I think it's still too early. Is it bad timing that both of them are not living up to their pedigree? Yes, but I think it's not. It's not forever. I feel like either one or the other is going to figure it out. Maybe not both of them, but someone is going to end up being a good pro. Um, yeah, we, It would be nice to see them grow this year. I mean, we had flashes last year of Kayvon. I mean, he had the, the – uh, which game was it? The Washington game that he took over. Oh, the like, sack fumble touchdown? Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was great. It was yeah. great. Let's see more of that. But, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like – the short turnaround Thursday nights are tough for both teams playing in it, regardless of how much time you have. I mean, like, you know, it, you've watched Thursday night games from years past and they always end up being freak shows. There's always something wrong with it. The, uh, the Vikings last week, I mean, what were they four turnovers in the first half or something? It was like, what the hell's happening right now? So with that being said, I don't know. There's like a, it's almost like Thursday night football is like the Bermuda triangle of, uh, of, of football. You go in there and you don't know what the hell's going to happen. Well, you change the background. Finally? Well, yeah, I had the casket last week. I forgot to change it for this week because we won, but <laughs> the casket last week made a lot of sense. So you should I realize a, it should be a cradle with like a newborn baby in it. Now it's new life, a new day. I don't want to get ahead of myself, honestly, because yeah. you know, as we've been talking about with AJ, like, you know, this is a tough game coming up and, and the 49ers defense is legit. Um, and I'm not positive that the Giants' offense is at that level to to come at that. We saw what what happened against the Cowboys against a legitimate pass rush. Yeah. And yeah, sure, like you know, the Cardinals had a couple guys getting in there. Blah blah. Daniel Jones got sacked three times, but the Cardinals actually have you know Nick Bosa is going to be bearing down on. Andrew, is Andrew Thomas going to be playing? I think, We're not yeah. sure. I mean, they were saying during the game yesterday that it's like because of the short turnaround, he might not end up playing this week. But I, knowing him, I feel like he's going to push. If he can run, and that was the one thing that was stopping him, he could not run. Um, I'm just saying, Andy, other, like you, you mentioned some of those other pass rushers before earlier. So obviously someone's going to be lined up against Evan Neal. And, you know, I watched a little – a little bit of film from the game afterwards, like you said, watching the replay, and he's just lost in the sauce, man. Yeah. Uh, Altair Bosa has not looked as you can tell. He took a little time off working on his yeah. contract. He's not. He's not the Nick Bosa of the end of last year. Okay. That's not who's coming. You know, at at Daniel Jones this week. I mean, what better who, remedy though than a week like like this? And a team like this. I mean, I don't know. I think it's so hard to tell what, what kind of game this is going to be. I, I'm not, my hopes are not going to be up after this last win for the Giants. Uh, but I feel like it might be better than my negative mind would automatically think. It might be closer. Um, 
for I mean, I, I, I feel a bit positive, to be honest with you. Just after seeing Daniel Jones, like, finally play – like, I mean, come on. Say something bad about how he played in the second half. You can't. He did yeah. everything right. I mean, uh, he was firing everybody up. Everybody followed him. It was like a – it was good. It was what you wanted. And, and I feel like what's good about his play uh, is he's starting to do it more consistently, which makes us not have to think about him anymore. We can complain about other aspects of the team and not him. <laughs> so we got something to complain about, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what's uh, what's the, the special teams looking like for the 49ers? Uh, do they have, who's their main uh, kick and punt returner? Well, uh, Ray Ray McLeod, he's all right. We've been looking suspect on coverage of returns where people are kind of running it back on us a little bit. So that's that's a vulnerability. It looks like if you, you know, I don't know who your returner is, but if he's coming coming well, we're we're not looking very good on kick coverage team. It looks like people are able to somebody's going to run one back on us any week now, and I wouldn't be shocked if it happens this week because interesting that looks suspect. Uh, you know, we have a very, you know, straight up and down, straightforward returner in Eric Ray, who's a, a running back. Um, what, what pick was he? Sixth round or fifth He's round? a fifth round pick. Yeah. And he's like, that's his main role. He's doing the punt and, and kick returns. And he's like a no BS. I'm running straight and I stop me. Like he's not a scat back kind of, kind of character. Although he is when he runs the ball out of the backfield. But when it comes to, I think he's a rookie and they basically tell him, do not lose yards. Gain them. Yep. So I mean, returning the ball is so dicey now in the NFL. Can you? Is, is this true that you can actually just fair catch the ball and start at a twenty-five yard line on a kickoff? Yes. Yeah. That's insanity. That's insanity. Yeah. I, well, because you have the people that were, you know, the the studies with the injuries and and CTE and all the concussions and stuff. You know. I mean, that, I understand why it exists, but like, yeah, it cheapens it. It cheapens. Yeah. It. No, I, I mean, I've advocated for uh, them to do some sort of variation of what the XFL was doing. Uh, I don't know. You've, you've seen how they did kickoffs. Yeah, those kickoffs were, were interesting, right? Yeah. They're, you line up, I think the two lines, uh, each team, are 10 yards away from each other, all on the one end, and the kickoff mm -hmm. happens way behind. And it's kind of like one-on-one, man-on-man blocking, like rudimentary, can you block or can you not? And it actually gives the runners a little more opportunity to return things from time to time. I don't, I'd, I'd be into it. Hey, they've taken other things from the XFL between. Well, the, they, the, they the clearly need to like like clean this up because I I think like some of those it's hard to say like because those kickoffs and returns are some of the most exciting plays in the game sometimes. Like you guys remember uh, Colts Chicago Super Bowl Devin Hester runs the first kickback for a touchdown like how exciting is that yeah it was great they're trying to eliminate that you know um i think like there needs to be a compromise between a better compromise between this player safety and like having exciting plays of that nature you know getting rid of the wedge was a good idea yeah go beyond yeah. that you know fix the rules more don't just yeah. like fair catch yeah has anyone I hate it. it yet uh i have not seen it in a game but it's okay. still kind of crazy to me that yeah i don't know What's that? The, the fair catch. catch. Fair catch that. for a kickoff? I saw that, yeah. You did. I caught it like the three and, you know, waited. Because I think, you know, they don't want people to pop it up and then get down there and then start stopping people at like the 10, you know, or whatever, where there's just an injury. 
like that. Our, our kickoffs are a crapshoot because we uh, we drafted a kicker, uh, Jake Moody, and he's been, oh in, in the third round, right? He's been lights out. He just kicked a fifty-seven yarder against the Rams, so he's been great kicking field goals. But on kickoffs, he wasn't doing all our kickoffs. The punter was kicking off some of them. Yeah, that happens. And, and it was like not always going well. And then he kicked one off, and it was a legal procedure out of bounds. So, huh? Who knows what's going to go on? Our special teams are. Good on the field goals, but kind of in and in, in, in the punts, but in shambles on kickoffs and kickoff returns. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, l- little slight uh, segue here, but um, do you think it's possible that uh, Kyle Shanahan's hat, his brim will be so straight that it'll actually start to concave and start going <laughs> yeah. like this? <laughs> We're lucky we don't have a lot of rain out here. He would, you know, drown in the. The upside down <laughs> cave, you know, collecting water. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's like he's the king of the flat brim. That guy is. Uh, and I, I feel like he has a small head, so the hat looks so huge. On he him. does have a small head. Like, well, it's like a, it's like yeah. a, it's long but skinny. You know, he's like, a very narrow weasel like kind of head. <laughs> yeah, he looks like that guy Murr from um, Impractical Jokers. You ever guys see that show? Yes. Yeah, he looks just like that with a hat on. Hey, I. You know what? I think. I think Kyle's got to bring Mike out and just have him on the sideline. You know, his pops. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I miss him. I, I feel like he's very old now. So let's uh, let's bring him back. I wonder if he would be less angry now as an old man. He always I thought he's all shaky and pissed off he's still. Always, yes, exactly with that face. He's always just red and angry. <laughs> I wonder if he, old age has mellowed him out at all. Just I bet him. he stays home, and when, like, the 49ers are doing bad, he screams at his TV. He's like, I hate you, Kyle. Yeah. You'll never be as good as me. He's got to have one of the most impressive coaching trees, though, because, like, all the guys that Kyle hired, you know, worked for him and stuff. So, like, they're half the head coaches now. You know, Salah and friggin' D'Amico yeah. Ryans and the LaFleur and yep. Sean McVay. D'Amico Cryans because they can't win a game. Oh, all right. Hey, yo, hey, yo. Um, it's kind of like the old, um, the old uh, Bill Walsh tree. Kind of similar to that, Pete yeah. Carroll. Yes, you know Nick Madison's favorite coach of all time. I don't know that. Is. Um, uh, well, you know, guys, let's uh, let's obviously we we we've, we've worked out enough of this uh, Giants Niner stuff. Anything else around the league this week that was fun? Uh, You'd like to mention Justin Fields sucks, huh? That's pretty funny. I see. I haven't seen any of that. It, it, does he actually suck now? Yeah, he just threw like a an interception just straight away. There's a guy like right open in front of him. He just, just like, here, the team pick six. You go that ahead. Coach is horrible. They never should have hired that. Ever. Yeah, that. What's his Ever. name? Matt Nagy. Eberflus. Oh, Eberflus. <laughs> Who's Matt Nagy coaching then? He he's, he was the last coach of that team. Yeah, he's a coordinator somewhere. I don't know shit. Uh, Eberflus. It really, the teams that are just been so damn mediocre for so long continue to be. And like, I would like the Bears to be good again because I feel like it's more exciting when the than you know the, the class. You mean like the Giants? Well, for starters, teams has been mediocre for a long time, but you'd like to be good. Well. Did you see that <laughs> Justin Jefferson now has more receiving yards than any Bear in yep. their history? Love that. Four years old. It's just. <laughs> They've just been horrible in some ways forever. The, the Bears are 103 years old as a franchise, and uh, that's pathetic. Like, how is that even possible? Colin, show me that when he beated me in fantasy last weekend. 
Yeah. Well, Colin yeah. beat me because I didn't start Daniel Jones, and I'm very upset about that, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> I dropped Daniel Jones in one league like a DD. I started in week one, dropped him immediately. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Like, see ya. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Well, it, you know, there's going to be some games like this past weekend, and there's going to be some games like the, the Cowboy game, and you cannot depend on him in fantasy for that. So <sighs> That's the truth, man. You just can't. Um, anything else happened this week that was interesting? Uh, eh, I don't know. I, I'm trying I to think what games I watched. Um, I watched the the Bills and uh, the hell were the Bills playing the other day? I watched the same game and I don't know who they were either. The yeah, Raiders yeah. was it the Raiders. Yeah, it was the Raiders. It was yeah, the yeah. Raiders. And it was boring. I, I just it's not a great game. No, I didn't enjoy it. And then uh, well, this, what was the Sunday night game? It was uh. uh did not. <laughs> I, I didn't watch. I was at a wedding last night. I didn't literally, I didn't literally just been. I watched inhaling this thing for three days, and I don't know anything. Um, no, last <laughs> night, Sunday night football. It was the 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 Patriots and the Dolphins because oh. I lost twenty five dollars betting on Tua uh, to geez. have two touchdowns and twenty two hundred fifty yards. Patriots yeah. look awful. They suck. They look awful. I was telling someone just this past weekend, I, I think I think it's time for Bill to transition to just GM and stop coaching. I think, I think it's really time for him to transition to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> the Chargers need to get rid of their coach, too. They're wasting Justin Herbert with this. Oh, my God. They're terrible. They lost to the Titans. Last year, during that collapse, when they lost to end their season, it was like they need to fire that guy right then. But they kept him around, and they're continuing to suck lose games at the end. It's just, it's so frustrating to see such talent just wasted by yep. such a mediocre coach. Yeah. And I, I have him in, uh, in that, that one league that, uh, whose hand is this? Is it, is, is your wife next to you? No, it's my hand. Oh God. Hey, Screaming me out. Does this look like it? You're like going, no, you're like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. How do I do it? How do I do it? I can't see your hand. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can't see my arm. Um, yeah, all right. Well, Andy, what uh, what's your score prediction for Thursday? Oh, yeah, let's go. Short. It's a short week. It's going to be tough, but it's our first home game. So and I think our crowd's going to be pumped about that, coming back 2-0, you know, it's home game, Thursday night, lights, I think. <laughs> we put up We put up 30 points in, like, every game. So I'm going to say 30 points. For the 49ers, and I'm going to say 17 for the Giants. That sounds mm. right. That sounds pretty right. Uh, I think the only way that the Giants win, both scores are in this, the, the teens. I think that's how that goes. They, we, we, we're not a catch-up, quick, come-from-behind kind of team. We yeah. take a lead early, and we kind of keep it. So if you guys can get out the gate – Get a big return on our terrible coverage team. Mm. You know, get a little momentum going. You get up fourteen nothing, you're in good shape. But otherwise, we get out to lead. We kind of grind and keep the lead. Yeah. Not not a big deep ball. Brock Purdy doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. Not a, not a deep ball, quick score kind of team. So you yeah. get up on us and you know keep the ball and grind it out a little bit. We're we're not coming back. So you just you know jump out quick. You got us. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think the the sole fact that it's a Thursday night game kind of makes it all a crapshoot. So if we are to beat the 49ers at any point, 
or any kind of night or setup, it's going to be on the Thursday night just because of the freakishness that ends up happening. So, I don't know, TJ, what's your score? I mean, this is an easy one for me, guys. Um, we're going to go into the half. Uh, Niners will be up 28-0. <laughs> and then at the end of the game, Giants are going to tie it up 28-28 uh, with no time left and win on a two-point conversion, 29-28 Giants. Oh, Boy, do I hope not. I don't even want that heart attack waiting. <laughs> That's to happen. a heart attack. <laughs> you know, another thing, you know, really quickly is just that Niners hate the Rams and so much and play so hard against the Rams. Like, we're coming coming off a lot of emotion in that yeah. game. You know, that it's possible trap game or kind of, you know, low energy getting out of the gate. I feel and, like trap game for the Niners is, is definitely there for the Giants. And good Thursday. Have the Niners always hated the Rams? Well, you hated the Cowboys the most in yeah. the 90s when that was kind of like a rivalry. Yeah. You know, then, but, but as of recent, you, you'd say. That's recently, but like we were, we, were, we were spanking them for a while there, you know, because it seemed like Sean McVay just was the little acolyte of Kyle, and he knew yeah. all his tricks, and he knew what he was going to do. Curl. So, we had had their number for quite a while, but then when we lost to them in the playoffs after beating them twice in the regular season, left a bad taste. Like, yeah. Oh, these fools. But yeah, no, I hate I hate the Seahawks more. To be honest with you, I hate the Seahawks way more, uh, and they seem to get the better of us even when they have a, a worse team. You know, yeah. Carroll, much as I hate his guts, you know he's a pretty good coach, and they gets the most out of his players. It, you know, like, you know why I hate the Seahawks because that's not a real creature. Well, yeah. it doesn't <laughs> exist in reality. That's true. That is very true. Just call yourselves the seagulls because, you know, you're nipping at someone's sandwich on the beach or just trying to have a good time with their family. Yeah. You come over trying to eat their sandwich, you know? It's funny to, to hear, uh, you know, other divisions and how the the interdivisional hatred and how it all get, gets worked out. And, I mean, I feel like – and I, I don't know. I feel like we're biased because people have said it for years. I mean, the teams have been crap consistently. But, like, the NFC East is just – I feel like it's another monster altogether. Even even when the teams suck, they end up being entertaining games for the most part. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think there's a lot of people who like the Giants and the Cowboys who like don't live in Dallas and New York. I think yeah. is probably why that exists. Yeah, possible. And then um, people from Philly just you know are very loud. They're angry, uh, upset with society. They were booing uh, on the first uh, couple of drives of the game this past week. Yeah, probably like, upset because, you know, there's more to life than uh, graffiti, uh, beating your wife, methamphetamine. Drugs, drugs yeah. in the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but anyway, wow. yeah, th this, is, we weren't, we're, this isn't a hatred of, uh, of Philadelphia. Yet. Yeah, I yeah no, I'm anything. doing it. I'm definitely um, doing it. All right, well, I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think that's all good and fine. I think this was a great little conversation. It's always good to have you on, Andy. We, we miss you. We love you. Great and, to see you guys. Uh, we, we hope that uh, you lose this week. That's very fair. That's yeah. very fair. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I hope it's worth watching more than about 20 minutes of. That's all agreed. I agreed. Yes. Let's mm. let's just root for an entertaining game more than so, anything else. You know, life's hard enough as it is. Let's have good, some good entertaining football at the end of the day. Let's have that be nice. Yeah. I like it. Wow, you guys are so pleasant. And that, on that note, thank you, friends, for listening tonight. <laughs> follow Big Blue United Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Cross, uh, BB Pablos, Lee on Twitter. Thank you for watching Delicious Dish. Um, and you have a wonderful evening. Namaste. Cool. <laughs>